the Colorado Rockies select Connor Stain, a right-handed pitcher from the University of Central Florida. Baseball Nation coming at you today. We uh, have one of our recurring guests back um, talking about some some life in the minors. Uh, we we had Sandlot Connor Stain. We had UCF Connor Stain. We had pre-draft Connor Stain, and now we've got Colorado Rockies uh, pro pitcher Connor Stain coming from the uh, from the house of Stain. In fact, um, home in New Jersey, and uh, welcome. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate it. Always, always good coming back. Absolutely. Let's uh, let's get right into pro ball. Um, you know, I think when we last left, uh, it was right before the draft. Um, you know, right after draft day, I think we we connected real quick, and uh, you know, haven't really got to to talk much since then. But but you know, t- take us through the the process of of signing a contract. You know, what was that like? Um, you know, obviously you're realizing a childhood dream, but but let's uh, go from there into in, in the, to, to life in the pros. Yeah, I mean, um, definitely, you know, it was surreal. So after the draft, you know, things like we talked about didn't go as planned. Injuries clearly derail things. I mean, we all know it's a business. Um, and I still hold myself to the standard I was when I was healthy as one of the best pitchers out there. Um, so you know it was it was it was disappointing, but at the same time, like you said, it was it was a childhood dream coming to fruition. So, you know, I got the call. Um, not even ten minutes later, I get a call from from um, basically the organization again saying, "Hey, we're gonna fly you out to Colorado, Denver. Um, you're gonna come to a game. You're gonna you know get a tour of the facility." We ended up meeting some of the pros there. Like uh, we got to meet Chris Bryant. Connor Joe, um, Colme, their, their closer. Uh, we met, you know, a, a ton of guys, a host of guys. Um, and it was, it was pretty ridiculous, you know, how insane the, uh, the inside of that facility is. But um, then the next day after the game, we came in, signed the papers. Uh, it was, I think, rounds one through six or one through eight, something like that. So all of us got to sign in person at the facility. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, they went in order of of the draft, so it was pretty cool, you know, nerve-wracking a little bit, um, trying to get used to that altitude. So I was a little bit yeah. under the weather uh, before I was signing. But, you know, opening up the uh, the document and seeing your, your signing bonus and, you know, the organization's head, uh, you know, the owners and the GM and all those guys standing around you kind of watching you sign and then the f- officially getting to shake their hand after you finish the document was a uh, – pretty surreal I mean it was hard to take in that day but uh kind of as it set in and then as all of us were flying to Arizona that night it was uh starting to set in that you know this is this is the pros this is the real deal like I am officially not a college athlete anymore I'm officially a professional athlete and this is where uh this is where the real work starts 
Yeah. So, so tell us about, you know, life in Arizona then obviously a lot of time in, in Scottsdale at the, at the training facility. Um, you know, your debut took a little bit longer than expected, but certainly still got the opportunity to, uh, make your mark, learn some important lessons and, uh, you know, have a, a lot of positives going into the off season. Yeah. I mean, uh, Scottsdale's a beautiful area. That's where we're located. Um, I mean, it's an incredibly wealthy area. So you're looking at, I mean, I don't think I saw more Teslas anywhere in my entire life than I saw out in Arizona. It was, it was pretty ridiculous, but um, the facility is beautiful. Um, the facility was all given to the Rockies by the people of the area, um, completely refurbished every year. I mean, we have, we have chefs who cook for us in the morning. Uh, they make us lunch as well. And then when we were playing in, the AZL league, that was all great, basically lunch and dinner. We came in a little bit later, but um, pretty, pretty crazy stuff. I mean, you know, as soon as we got there the next day, we're out on the field uh, doing work, getting our first kind of meetings out of the way with the coaches, um, meeting our, our head pitching coach, our head minor league guy, Coach Forbes, uh, Coach Forbes, really, Mr. Forbes, um, meeting all the players for the first time who were drafted. Um, after the eighth round. So guys, we hadn't met yet. Um, a lot of the Latino players we'd never met before uh, from our class and from the classes before who are all incredible dudes. Um, it really was, was pretty awesome. And then kind of going from there, like you said, uh, had to, had to push it back a little bit, the, uh, the debut date, but there were some back injuries that came in the way. Um, and then we had extended. So it was basically the ACL league extended as the name goes mm -hmm. um we played the we played the diamondbacks probably 15 times in a row uh kind of it kind of became ridiculous but you know getting the first start out of the way got the first strikeout out of the way i still have the ball sitting over there in my little shrine my dad made um so i mean it was it was pretty nerve-wracking but once you got that first one out of the way it was it just became like a, a normal day at the ballpark you know you get used to it get used to the, the system. Um, the only thing that was hard to get used to was once Instruct started, you know, it's, it's 21 straight days, no breaks, 6 a.m. to 6 p.m., 6 a.m. to 4 p.m., um, working out four days a week, three days a week, and uh, that's what it was, man. It's just, it's a job now. It's not, it's not just doing it as a, as a college gig. This is, this is real-world stuff. Yeah, but um, lots of I don't want to say lots of downtime because it's really not, but when you're around it for, you know, every day, like you said, 21 days in a row, you get the chance to really connect with everybody, you know, your, your, your fellow uh, staff mates. Um, had a learning, you, you mentioned the first ball in the strikeout. You had a, another learning experience right away too, right? First uh, home run given up. Yeah. I mean, listen, you know, 95 in college, uh, works pretty well. You can kind of do that to a lot of kids and go three fastballs or five fastballs, whatever it takes to end in that bat pretty easily. Uh, and the pros, you know, I had a rude awakening. I came into a game uh, for my first outing. They wanted to they ease me in and they eased me in as closing a two to one game. <laughs> um, you know, first batter I ever faced, strike him out. Um, we had set him up nicely that at bat, second batter, fall behind two. Oh, I'm like, all right, you know, get a fastball in there start the count over, you know, 2-1, get back in it. And sure enough, the 2-0 fastball, um, I must have replayed it 10 times when I got back to the facility from our game. But uh, 
up and in fastball doesn't play anymore if the guy's <laughs> sitting on it and he ended up you know it was a wall scraper i'm going to give the kid credit but it was a wall scraper yeah um and then from that point on you know no more home runs um but it was definitely you know an eye opener that hey the same stuff that worked in college uh the same stuff that you know worked in in the summer before this it's it's not the same these kids are all in the pros for a reason you know a lot of us got up to the upper 90s we had a lot of guys get up to upper 90s including myself and I watched those things not play well either. I mean, we had yeah. our 20th rounder is probably our hardest throwing kid right now. He was up to 98, uh, set, you know, 96, 98, his last outing. And the first batter he faced, low fastball out of the zone, some kid pulls it for a home run. I mean, it's just just how it is. Like, these guys are able to to adjust and adapt to any situation. And, and for us as pitchers, we got to be able to do the same thing. It's not it's not just raw velo anymore. It's it's sequencing and, and exactly. setting people up and making, you know, changing their timing. And was that the biggest I don't want to say surprise because you kind of knew, um, you, you know, it's it's pro ball now. But right. what was the, the biggest prize for you, you know, that, that you might not have been thinking about or not expecting that that, you know, you came across? Um, I mean, honestly, the biggest surprise probably came. That's definitely one of them. I mean, there's a couple. That's one of the bigger surprises. Uh, the other big surprise is probably just, you know, how, how talented everyone is from, from draft one, pick one to pick 20 to undrafted free agents to, you know, to the Latino kids who we've never heard about, just like they've never heard about us. I mean, you know, we're, we're surrounded by the best guys out there, uh, just like every team is. And our late round guys and some of our, our undrafted free agents were actually some of the best performers the entire time we were there. Um, and it's, it's just how it is. It's, it's, I've come to terms with it, just like everyone else has, that it doesn't matter where you're drafted. Yeah, I was, I was looking first round. Yeah, things were going that way until an injury. But I'm watching undrafted free agents take first rounders deep. I'm watching undrafted free agents make plays that, you know, you don't watch kids play. I watch them get comparisons to Nolan Arenado or, or one of our third basemen's Skylar Messenger. He literally plays like Arenado. It's just, it's just how he is. Um, and in his case, he was, he's a fifth year. He was, he was old. And mm-hmm. like I said, it's a business. He got an opportunity to get picked late and um, he's doing everything in his power to show that, you know, he deserves to be there and, and he did a damn good job of it. So I think that that's definitely the biggest surprise because we all come into this from, you know, watching guys like Hunter Green get drafted uh, in 2017 and, and Jason Groom from New Jersey uh, a couple of years back and Jack Leiter and Anthony Volpe where you're like, oh, well, these guys are, these guys are the standard of what you need to meet. And they're not, those guys are, are drafted because they've shown that potential so early on, but there's guys just as good as them, if not better getting drafted behind them. And mm-hmm. that's just how this game works. Like that's why, you know, you see guys out there. I mean, for Christ's sake, Robbie Ray, as great as he is, he was just, he signed a five-year $115 million deal uh, last year, or it might've been two years ago. And he was a 12th round draft pick. Like it's just how it works. Whoever has more grit's going to make it. So I think that's a big eye opener for a lot of us. Yeah. Now, what's the what's the one thing that was like exactly the way you pictured it was going to be? Uh, in a non disrespectful way, and it's not because you know there's a lot of stuff going on with the MLBPA and things like that. 
the pay is exactly what you'd expect it to be if you have the right knowledge going in. Um, you know, we we did the math. We had we had gotten inst instructs. They had just reversed it, so now they can pay us, but it's incredibly minimal. So we all checked our bank accounts and we're like, oh, okay. We did 16 days straight. Uh, we got like $250. And we did the math, you know, 10 hours at the field a day for 16 days straight. We're getting paid like a dollar and 10 cents an hour. Like, you know, it's 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 pretty brutal pay. But at the same time, you got to realize, you know, they're paying, they're making our meals for us for breakfast and lunch. And we're playing a child's game as a profession. Like there's some there's some takes takeaways you have to understand as a professional athlete that you're not going to get paid the best until you make it to the pros. And you're not going to get paid as well in low A as you're going to get paid in AAA. So there, I think in my opinion, you know, these things won't change rapidly, but they're incentives to get there as fast as you can, to work yeah. your tail off, to make it to the AAA, to make it to the majors, to stay in the majors. That's really the hardest part. So the pay is definitely what I expected to a T. Um, you know, you're, you're now in your first off season professionally, um, working towards your first spring training, which is a cool thing in itself. Um, what's the, what's the plan? What are the, the most important things you feel like you need to do to, to make that a success? Yeah. So, I mean, like you said, spring training is, uh, is a very exciting time. It's a very stressful time. I know the coaches there, um, you know, our higher ups were talking about like, listen, when you come here in spring training, it's just a sea of purple. Like there's 180 players, yeah. there's, there's 60 coaches and staff um, in our complex and our complex fortunately shares with the major league guys. So we're going to be eating breakfast and lunch and dinner with them, seeing them in the training room, seeing them in the hot and cold tubs. It's a perfect time to try to get some insight from those guys on how it was for them and what to do. So that's stuff kind of down the road, what I intend on doing. Um, Really, at this point, you know, in, in the offseason, it's I'm fortunate I got a weight room in my basement with all the bells and whistles. Might not be as clean as, as, a, <clears throat> as a, you know, a gold gym or something like that, but it has everything I need. Um, Tom Drown is right down the road. Um, I got my own people here that I can work with. It's going to be working out, you know, five, six days a week, taking care of my arm, doing arm care, stretching, um, mental health, mental skills training six days a week, seven days a week. Uh, I'll be down in Florida, November through December. And then I'll be back in Jersey for a month and then back down in Florida from January something, January 15th to, to February 15th. And then they ship us out. So for me, what I've talked to the, to the head coaches about, and I've talked to with um, the minor league guys is that what I need to work on because it's Colorado, we're all trying to get to Colorado. So we're playing in high altitude environments. I need to work on staying low in the zone with my fastball because up in the zone doesn't play well. It's just easier for hitters to hit. Um, and really that that's, that's number one. And just like everyone, you're trying to work on your, your stamina. You're trying to work on the break of your pitches, um, trying to work on my ability to control the game mentally and stuff like that. So a lot of the same concepts going in, but for, for me, the number one goal has to be working low in the zone with the fastball. I know my Vila will increase as time goes on. I know that's just naturally going to happen as long as I put the work in physically, but none of it's going to matter if I can't execute my pitches down in the zone. And that's something that, you know, they talked about our, our head pitching coordinator who basically calls guys up and takes them down and 
all those things. He's, he's the one who says, hey, if you can't control the running game and you can't pitch low in the zone, you're not going to make it to the pros. So that's something that we've all taken in. You know, we, we clock our times to the plate. You have to be a one, three, five or less um, on all your pitches. Doesn't matter if it's off speed or not. Doesn't matter where the runners are. Um, and those are two huge factors that help you win and lose ball games, help you keep your array high or low, you know, stuff like that. And it's just, um, it's a lot. I've had to write stuff down countless times to make sure I don't forget it. But uh, it's, it's something that if you're willing to take care of business and you want to make it to that level, it's not, it's not that much. Yeah. And you mentioned the altitude and it's, it's crazy. They've now got 30 years of experience and, 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 you know, knowledge of what it does to guys. For, for people who haven't been out to Denver and maybe just hear about it, you know, and, and know that, you know, it's mile high and all that stuff. What, you know, what, what, what are the effects and how do, how do you impact your training? Because, I mean, obviously that's the goal. If you're going to make the majors, it's either, you know, within the organization, it's, it's, you're going to be pitching it at, at high altitude. Yeah. I mean, there's a, like you said, people who don't know it, and it's unfortunate because it's fans, too, who might not know it. Um, I'm pretty sure your diehard fans understand it. Uh, but a lot of people don't understand how big of a, of a complex issue for pitchers it is to go pitch at, at Denver. I mean, if you really look at it, there's never been a Cy Young Award winner, I'm pretty sure, from the Rockies. You're not going to have the lowest DRA in the country, from, in the league from the Rockies. You're going to have a good amount of hits, good amount of extra base hits. It's just how it is. But um, we talked about it with with our, our head analytics pitching coach who runs the analytics side, the metrics and all that. And we had a graph that showed uh, Jermon Marquez, his split uh, and how his pitches move when he's away at, you know, Los Angeles, when they play Milwaukee, all those guys. Um, splits are natural. It's what his pitches typically do. But when you go to Denver – the movement of all your pitches reduces by 25%. So his graph was very widespread. And then you show him in Denver and it's just this big glob of fastball changeup, curveball slider, all meshed into one. And um, it just shows you that, you know, altitude does play a factor. The ball doesn't move as much. The spin's affected. Um, you're not going to get as much ride on your fastball. You have to be able to pitch down in the zone and understand that you're going to get more contact because the pitches aren't going to blend as well. And you're going to also have to understand that there's going to be some cheap home runs that come with it. You know, you throw a pitch that's supposed to be a fly ball deep to the outfield is going to now be a home run in course field because the altitude's not pushing down on the ball as heavy. So for pitchers, it's, it's a tough situation. And we talk about being, you know, the toughest pitchers in the country are going to be us because we have to pitch in the toughest environments, but for the hitters, this is a godsend. You know, yeah. you're, you're playing in the place that if you put a ball in the air and you got power, you know, it's you're going. looking at a, at a good chance to hit some home runs this season. So, um, you know, it's, it's pretty mind boggling how intense the change is, but at the same time, it tells us that if we can pitch there, there's no place we can't pitch. You know, it's, it's understanding what you have to do. You know, German Marquez and a couple other guys, including myself, you know, we all throw four seams and two seams. So for me in Denver, it might make more sense if I make, you know, when I make it there, it's going to be pitching two seams and sliders mm -hmm. and changeups versus going fastball up in the zone to curveball down in the zone because those pitches, you know, you pop a curveball out, it's not going to get that break if you don't get it just right. It's going to spin and hang in the zone. And like I said, just about these guys in, 
in the ACL where we have minor league players who can make adjustments to a fastball up in the zone. These guys are going to be the top tier players Mm -hmm. in the world. You make a mistake, they're probably not going to miss it too many times. Yep. Now you mentioned the draft spot, obviously hoping to go higher. Um, You know, some injuries probably put a damper on that during the season, but you know, what I, what I know of, of you from the, from the years, it, it, it always, I think you're the, you're best with a little chip on your shoulder anyway. Yep. And uh, it's nice to have 29 targets, uh, you know, helping to, to drive you along the way when, when times don't look that great. Right. So it's not that, not that hard to turn into a positive for you. Right. No, not at all. I mean, like you said, 29 targets, uh, Hundred, actually, I got something funny. One hundred twenty-nine targets, one hundred forty-five picks ahead of me. Um, Nike uh, helped me with this purchase, but it's, uh, my new training shoe—it's what I do for working out. But it has my draft pick on it, and then it has my motto on the other side of the shoe, but just in uh, acronym. So it's relentless in the pursuit of success and happiness. And yeah, I mean, listen, things went the wrong way. At one point, I was—I was projected thirty-seventh overall. Um, and a finger injury, you know, put things down even further. Like you said, things happen for a reason. I'm a, I'm a big believer that, that I am better with a chip on my shoulder. It's how it's always been. And would I have liked to have gone where I was supposed to? For sure. But you watch it happen all the time. I mean, I'm not the only guy who was yeah. supposed to be in the first and second round. And then business is business. And they know they could get me for cheaper. So why wouldn't they? Um, it's just how it goes. But like you said, that chip is going to be why... You know, I'm very confident in my abilities, very confident I'm going to I'm going to work my tail off and I'm going to be in the in the show before a lot of guys are. And and that's my confidence It's not cockiness. People mistake confidence and cockiness because my opinion, confidence is when you know you can accomplish it. And it's not just some some false reality you're picturing in your head versus cockiness is you just saying something and you can't back it up. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm more than determined to back it up. So now it's just time to to go show it. You know, the draft is come and gone. My disappointment in that outcome has come and gone. My excitement for the future has now become even brighter than ever. And all the work I'm going to put in is just going to make it even more exciting. You know, there's ups and downs, ebbs and flows, but if you could hold on to understanding that this is the hardest sport out there and that there's going to be times like that, there's nothing you can't accomplish in it. So I'm, I'm, I'm more than excited and, and more than happy to have that chip on my shoulder again. Yep. Scottsdale, obviously, for spring training. So the question is, uh, how's the golf game going? It's it's uh, mediocre at best right now. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's I'm not I'm not the biggest golfer. I uh, I ended up like getting uh, this place called Second Swing out in Arizona. Just rent cl- or you can buy clubs for you know half the price, a third of the price because they're just used. Um, so I went to the driving range countless times when I was out there. And uh, the last time, the last time we went, you know, driver finally meet it, meet it, met its match, and I just the shaft uh, couldn't handle the speed I was swinging at. Clubhead went like 120 yards out into the uh, out into the course or out into the range. But this place, Dobson, was like an even better version of Top Golf because it was cheaper and it read the metrics better, and you weren't using they're top golf balls that are designed to hit the ball slower and not as far. Um, so, you know, I'm hitting balls as hard as guys like Roy McElroy and things like that. You know, people are giggling because of how far I'm hitting them, but uh, I got to fix the, the chip game, the putt game, the, 
the wood, you know, I'm not good at any of that other stuff. Everything except for the driver. And, and if we remember, if everybody remembers Sandlot Connor just wanting to do home run derby when it, when it was time to hit. Oh, yeah. That shouldn't be a surprise, right? No, nah, just big power guy, hit or miss right here. And that's why, you know, all my buddies want me to play scramble games with them because yeah. scramble is just, hey, of course. if you hit a ball 350 yards like we know I can down You don't have to do way, anything else. You just go, you, you, you hit your drive, you go back in the cart, you drink till the next hole. Yeah, I sit down, I relax, I grab a beverage, and, and mm -hmm. the next thing I know, we, we have a five-stroke lead by the time <laughs> the third hole comes around. Now, you are, you know, everybody – Post draft seems to make some sort of purchase. Yours was a uh, set of wheels, right? Yeah, I got a new set of wheels. It was fortunate that um, I had some money money lying around that didn't involve my signing bonus. Um, just some things I'd done in the past, um, some family stuff that had fortunately worked in my favor, um, as well as some stock stuff that worked in my favor. Mm -hmm. um, and I do a couple side hustles, but that's neither here nor there in the car. Uh, yeah, I got myself, you know, I got myself a Maserati. Um, I had been looking at, at nice cars uh, for a while before the draft, and um, I was fortunate enough to be able to get one. Uh, the place I got it from was this place called Skyview Motors. Um, they, this guy had been customizing it and doing stuff to it because he really liked the car. So he put this chrome mat on the, uh, on the back of the car. Uh, then he had kind of done some stuff with the engines. He had gotten a, a red and black interior. Um, so, I mean, it's a beautiful car. It's a ton of fun to drive. Um, and, you know, everyone gives me, bust my balls about it. I think that was like the first thing our minor league, minor league director of ops said to me was about my car. Um, <laughs> so, you know, it, it draws attention, but I've never been one to shy away from attention. No, no, that's great. Um, before we go here, you're working on a special project. You're, you're working on a project in the, in the off season that, that means a lot to you. So let's, uh, let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah. So, um, you know, we all do, we all have deals and stuff like that. We all do marketing deals and I've signed a couple deals with some organizations and, and some card companies and some apparel companies, but, um, I've decided that I wanted to take it upon myself to create my own with my my best friend griffin griffin hathi he's at belmont um does videography he's trying to get into sports side of things um his whole family is part of the artistic side of things so his brother does photography them him and him doing videography and photography is awesome his brother's girlfriend does digital marketing so she's good with digital design his best friend chris's best friend his brother chris gibbs um, does other stuff in the marketing and, and design world. So for me and Griffin, we want to create our own brand. Um, that's not just going to appeal to the baseball side of things. It's going to be a workout brand. It's going to have the, the right design so that it's a, it's a, you can wear it out in public, just like a normal fit. Um, we're going to start doing stuff, you know, relatively soon. If not today, we're going to start doing some stuff where we're going to get the, the apparel shipped out and ready to roll. Um, I'll keep the brand, you know, private for now because I'm going to do a big release along with him mm -hmm. um, when we actually get the inventory and we start shipping stuff out. But uh, I'm really excited to, to get it underway. It's been something that is going to revolve around the Relentless brand on my arm. It's going to have something to do with me and my foundations and Griffin and his foundations. So uh, I'm really, really excited to see where that brand takes off too. And, um, you know, you watch guys do it year in, year out. New brands come and go and um, I'm hoping that we can be the next big brand that 
people giggle about now, but uh, five years down the road when we got when we got it really going for us, even a couple of years down the road when we got it really going for us, they're all going to be saying how, you know, they were a part of it or they got the first couple uh, pieces of apparel that came out. So I'm more than excited to get that underway as um, as a side job to to really work on my tail off in the pros. And there's got to be an excitement because it's something you've wanted to do and, and you know, have this platform The just the realization of actualizing those that vision has got to be incredible. Yeah, it, it really is. I mean, you know, it, like you said, I, I've thought about doing this since high school um, right. and hoping to get that type of that type of community behind me and social media platform. And there's still a ways to go. But, you know, I've built myself up slowly and progressively. And and this is now finally seems like the right time to start it. Um, we're going to do everything we can to to help, you know, my foundations, his foundations um, to help kind of bring more awareness to certain communities and certain environments. Um, and it's just, it's going to be awesome. I think it, you know, everyone's going to benefit. It's not just going to be me trying to, to create a money grabbing, uh, apparel company, like, you know, these other companies do, um, you know, we're trying to do it for, for a greater good and a greater cause. And, and, um, I just can't wait to see, you know, how the apparel turns out and, you know, how people are going to enjoy it. And, um, you know, it's, it's pretty interesting. It's pretty exciting. And now it's just, uh, hitting the ground running with it. Yep. For sure. We uh, certainly wish you the best with that and everything over the winter. And uh, always awesome to do this, Connor. Yeah, no, it's always a pleasure. I always appreciate your time. And uh, I'm sure we'll be doing this one. Uh, maybe not soon, but hey, I'm sure we'll be doing one when I'm in the pros and we're going to do another conversation like this. Absolutely. Absolutely. Connor Stain, our guest today, Colorado Rockies 2022 draft choice, getting ready for uh, his first pro offseason and uh, lots in store. We'll catch everybody next time on JBN.